now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We bless the name of Jesus. Let's turn to Colossians, the book of Colossians, chapter 1. Our Lord Jesus is sovereign. He's above everything. He is Lord of lords. And he is king of kings. We exist because of that truth. That Jesus has a preeminence. He is sovereign over everything. He reigns. And when he returns for his church, he will not come in this world as a lamb of God. He will return as Lord of lords. And king of kings. Matter of fact, the scripture says, all authority has been given to Jesus in heaven and on earth. Today's message is the supremacy of Christ. The supremacy of Christ. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for speaking to us, dear God, your truth, your word. Thank you, God, that we even have it by your grace. We bless your holy name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, God, we ask that you move and speak to us, Father, your truth. Breathe it into our understanding, oh, God, our Holy Spirit. Help us to grow in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Colossians chapter 1 and verses 9. For this reason, we also since the day we heard, we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. As I preach this message this, today, as I give this message, I want you to focus on the supremacy of Christ and I want you to get a better understanding concerning the supremacy of Christ and your personal prayer life. I want you to keep those concepts in mind. Christ is supreme. He is Lord. He reigns. He is building his church. And by his Holy Spirit, who is inside of us, he's allowing us to experience fellowship with God which is our prayer life. And Paul says, He did not cease to pray for you and to ask that you be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. God wants us to pray that we will grow spiritually, grow to know Jesus for ourselves and for others. 
This spiritual understanding means that the Holy Spirit will give us a spirit of discernment that we will come to know what is of God and what is not. It is referred to as coming to a place of maturity. As we live in this world, we have choices to make every day, every moment. And as we make those choices, we have to make those choices based on discernment. And that discernment can only come with spiritual understanding. And that understanding can only come from the Word of God. And the focus of that has to be on Jesus in knowing God's will. We exist to know the will of God. We exist to experience what God has for each of us as it pertains to his gospel going throughout the world. Verses 10 says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. All scripture reveals our Lord Jesus Christ, who is God. And the Holy Spirit is helping us every day when we read the word of God to grow to know God. When we come to church, Sunday school, discipleship programs, other teaching ministries, but most important, when we go out and we say, God, use me to share the gospel, and we experience the power of the Holy Spirit using us to tell others that Jesus loves them. That's where we experience truth becoming a personal experience. Our theology working itself out in our lives. That's where we truly experience what is meant by walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing him. As your pastor, I cannot answer the question for you that I know exactly what God wants you to do. God knows it. But I know he helps me and he helps you and he helps us to understand that. And I know for certain when we present ourselves to him and the Holy Spirit is inside of us, there is no failure. None whatsoever. Each and every one of us will come to understand that. But we have to open the word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus more and more to us. It does not mean that we are being saved afresh, we are already saved, but we are growing in understanding and sanctification, the renewing, the renewing of the mind with truth. And then we surrender to Jesus, surrender to the Holy Spirit, and we experience the Holy Spirit use us. So I know that two things have to happen. You have to hear the word of God, and then you have to step out on faith. And if you hear the word of God, and we are not walking worthy, we will miss out completely. That's why for the 30 years pastoring, 
It would be wrong for me to say, I am preaching, go, and I'm not going. But if I go and you come, when I go, I'm not going because it's some church obligation. It has nothing to do with that. I'm going because I'm thankful that while I was in sin, Jesus met me. I'm going because I'm thankful for that. And you have to go because of that. That's the main reason. And then follow that is when God says, I call you to be a pastor and I expect you to be an example. I cannot circumvent that. God says you have to be an example. And to all of us, it's the same thing. God called us to be saved and he wants us to walk worthy of him and to be an example to others. And there are those, there are those who are coming through new discipleship, discipleship class in this in our church and will be going out with me and others. Their first time experience. And all they have to do is come and walk alongside. No nervousness, no nothing. They're just observing the power of the Holy Spirit. And God will do that work in their lives. And God is the one who will give each, and he gives each and every one of us a gift, and then he enhances that gift. But in our hearts, we have to come to understand that inside of us, there is a part of us that says, I have freedom to choose to make decisions for my life. I can choose to please myself and be happy. And that's what God wants for me. It sounds good, but it's not biblical. God says, I want you to please me. Not please me in, oh dear God, this, this situation, that situation. It has nothing to do with that either. That's the selfish part of pleasing me. That's pleasing God so that we can get. God says, pleasing me means you have to surrender everything to me. And if you have to suffer for me, you are pleasing me. And what is important, God says, is that you are pleasing me. And I will get you there as you grow in knowledge as to who I am. I want you to, I want to get you there. The Holy Spirit will get us there. It's not complicated, but we have to trust God. We have to trust him. So this is what the Lord is saying here to the church. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for all patience, long-suffering and joy. God's power. God's strength alone. Not our power. God's strength alone to use us 
to tell others that Jesus loves them. Oh, saints, listen. We can exist as believers just to exist. And we can exist to tell others that Jesus loves them. Because God has a purpose. What is God's purpose? He says, it is my will that the whole world will know that I love them. The whole world has to hear the gospel. This morning, we went through the 1040 window, understanding what is happening in God's world and praying for God's church and God's people and the power of God to move. And we are willing to suffer for it. And we have joy when we serve Jesus. There is an inner joy that comes from serving Jesus. There is an inner joy that says, when in my workplace or in my school, I am saying to others, I'm living for Jesus, and they are going to mock me and laugh at me because I'm not conforming to society. There's a joy that comes from doing that. What a blessing. Giving thanks to the Father. This is our prayer life now. Jesus, you are supreme. The supremacy of Christ in my life. Your power, your glory, Jesus. Your good work, Lord Jesus. Your cross, your message, your salvation that you provided for us, Lord. Move us to pray, O Holy Spirit, according to what you're doing, Lord Jesus. God is giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. God, Jesus, has qualified us. In the past, he did it. One of the great passages for pastors is found in the book of Acts chapter 20. God says this. God says pertaining to all pastors. He says the Holy Spirit has called you so that you can lead God's people, God's church, for whom Jesus, Jesus purchased. By his blood. Oh saints. I want you to stay within that understanding. The supremacy of Christ. And yielding to the supremacy of Christ. And praying and asking God. To allow us to go to understand that. So we can walk pleasing Jesus. Are we following that? And we will grow to understand it step by step. Jesus has made it possible for us to partake of this in this life. Think of that for a moment. We are saints called out by Jesus, set aside for his purpose. And he allows us to partake of his grace 
He has delivered us from the power of darkness. And he has conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Jesus did this for us. And when we pray, we're thanking him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you have qualified me. Thank you, God, that you have delivered me from darkness. Thank you, God, that I am experiencing, dear God, this relationship with you. You have liberated me, dear God, from that dominion of darkness. In whom we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Thank you, Jesus. You are sovereign and you have redeemed me. You have purchased me with your blood. You have forgiven my sins. When the Father looks at me, Father, thank you that he sees me holy and without blame because of you, Lord Jesus. You made that payment, Father. That ransom. Thank you, Jesus. Because, Jesus, you are the image of the invisible God. You are the firstborn over all. And the idea of firstborn is not that Jesus was created, but is that he always existed before everything. And that he rose again from the grave. And therefore the firstborn in that he rose again. And because of his resurrection, the church one day will experience a resurrection. Thank you, Jesus, that you are sovereign. The supremacy of Jesus. For by him, by you, Lord, all things were created that are in heaven and that, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through you and for you. You are sustaining everything, God, Lord Jesus. You are supreme over everything. And he is before all things. And in him all things consist. Let's look at that verse and read it. Again, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things consist. Jesus made everything. We look at nature, he made it all. The angels, he made it all. For himself. He is the sovereign creator of his universe. And he owns us and we exist within his purpose. And here is the amazing thing, is verses 18. And he is ahead of the body, the church. 
We are owned by Jesus. And when we pray, we are praying from that perspective. Jesus, you own us. We belong to you. I belong to you, Jesus. Who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, referring here to his resurrection. <clears throat> that in all things he might have the preeminence. Christ's resurrection guarantees that one day we will be in heaven. When we pray, saints, as we understand who Jesus is, we will best be able to understand how to pray. Because all of our prayer, everything the Spirit would lead us to express to God will come into a harmony of what Jesus is doing, of who he is. That's how the Holy Ghost leads us to pray. He will never lead us outside of revealing Jesus. Our Lord Jesus says, the Holy Spirit is leading him in Acts chapter 1 to give us commandments. And he says, wait until the promise of the Father. That is the promise for the Holy Spirit. And he says, you shall receive power when the Spirit, when he comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. The Holy Spirit will not even speak of himself, the scripture says, but he's going to reveal Jesus. He's going to be revealing the supremacy of Jesus. Christ is greater than all the Old Testament sacrifices. Christ is greater than everything. He is creator of everything. He's at the right hand of the Father. And out of that, the Holy Spirit will lead us to pray. And to be thanking God for who Jesus is. That he is Lord of Lords. Who Christ Jesus is. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal Christ in us. That then we can then pray with a heart of thanksgiving to him. And when that happens, we will experience the Holy Spirit leading us to surrender to Jesus. We will understand the love of God for the world and the Holy Spirit will fill our heart for love for people. And then we'll understand the Holy Spirit leading us to say, God, here I am. Our focus will no longer be on ourselves. It will be about people. God's love reaching people. That's the only possible way that we can understand. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who did not consider it robbery. He did not cling to his right to be God, but he humbled himself. The only possible way we can experience that is when we say, Lord Jesus, or Holy Spirit, please help me to grow to understand the supremacy, the preeminence of Jesus, who he is. All authority is given to him. And please help me to understand who I am, what he has done for me, dear God, so that I can be thankful to him. Are we following that? A church that is not understanding 
That is a church that is sleeping. It will sleep while the world is dying around us. Dying, that is, not hearing the gospel. As a church that can, can convince itself that it's mighty and spiritually, and God says, no, you are poor and miserable. And you are dead, God says, get out of that. We have to get back. We have to yield on our Holy Spirit. Please help me to understand and to embrace my first love, Christ loving me. That Jesus loves. Are we following that? It's don't let the devil complicate that message. Don't let it pass over your head. You're already born again, and you're saved, and we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Just that simple act of coming and saying, Jesus, thank you. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus to me. Reveal my Master and my Lord and my Savior to me. We are already saved and sealed with your presence, the Holy Spirit. When we get to heaven, we no longer have to pray that prayer. That's a finished prayer. When we get to heaven, just to be there, all we have to do, we will exist. And the only way that, the only reason why we will be able to not have to pray that prayer is because we will have new bodies likened onto the angel. No selfishness. No self-centeredness. No, the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. No, oh dear God, I'm saying I'm serving you, but my heart is on myself. There's no more of that. We're just in his presence. But right now, right now, the only benefit that we, the only way we can be beneficial to those who are lost is when we say, oh, Holy Spirit, help me to grow, to understand who Jesus is. And to pray. Lead me, Holy Ghost, to pray and to thank you, God, for who Jesus is, my Lord and Savior. And that would lead us to surrender to him. It will never fail. The Holy Spirit guarantees his power will always in his presence reveal Jesus. He will tear down every stronghold, every distraction in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In conclusion, if as your pastor, if I focus on Superland Road Baptist Church and, and on my position as the pastor, I will not only do myself a disservice, but I also will be leading you astray. 
But you are responsible for you. Don't start saying, oh, my pastor is to blame. No, you are responsible for you. Make no mistake. The only time you can shift that blame is if Pastor McCune is not teaching the word of God. But since I'm doing it and living this life by the grace of God before you and evangelizing, 100% is, it's on you. My responsibility is God said to me, I call you to be a pastor and I will hold you accountable. So once I yield and experience that with honesty, you have the responsibility to hear from God as he is speaking to you. But if I focus on the institution or the position called the pastorate, I would be in the wrong place. Are you following that? And every time Paul says, every time he says, Paul, an apostle, never is he trying to establish some type of claim to authority. Every time he is speaking about God using him to fulfill God's purpose. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Are we following this? And this is one of the great dilemma and the darkness that has come upon the church in our nation, in this part of the world. The church is in, in a sad place where the local assemblies and the denominations, they're focusing on the institution instead of the person of Jesus. And the pastors are focusing on that institution. And once that happens, the person begins to focus on their power, their own power. So you have elders and deacons and Sunday school teachers and people jostling for power. And that's nothing but from the pit of hell because the supremacy of Christ, where he is, he ascended into the presence of the Father. He did not come there because he just ascended. First, he humbled himself. And God says, that's your mind. You have to humble. When we humble ourselves, there is best where we experience the power of the Holy Ghost. What, a, what an amazing, thank God, to be liberated. To be liberated from that self-focus, all that the enemy can bring in us. To be set free from it. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank God that he has led some godly men in my life. As a young pastor, as a young Christian, 50 years plus ago, men who were not striving for some kind of power position as pastors. Men who understood by the very calling of God 
that that's Jesus working in their life. And for all of us, we are saints. We're not fighting for some power. No. Jesus is supreme. He has all power. We are growing to acknowledge in our prayer life, our experience and understanding, the supremacy of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We certainly don't want to be claiming it as though we have it. As though, as though we have some right to his power. He is Lord over everything. Thank you, Jesus. For those who are listening, thank you for listening. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Wherever you are at, you're hearing at my voice this gospel message that Jesus loves you. He loves you. The message of the cross is not a religion. It's a person. And his name is Jesus. And he created everything. And he loves you. Regardless of your tradition. Regardless of your ancestors. Jesus created everything. All things were made by him and for him. And for his purpose. And he loves you. And he wants you to come to understand that he went to the cross. He is God who came in this world. And he went to the cross to pay the price for the sin of the world. And he did it. But he wants you to believe that, that he did it. And when you do that, you will be accepting by faith the salvation that he has provided for you. So let's pray, saints, for all those who are listening now around God's world as the gospel go forth. For all those who are responding now at this very moment to this truth. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. God, I know that I am a sinner. I know I am in need of a Savior. God, thank you for coming in this world in my form, going to the cross. Thank you for your death, your burial, your resurrection, and your ascension. Jesus, I accept this salvation that you provided for me. Jesus, by faith, I accept you as my Savior. In Jesus' name, I pray believing. Amen. God bless you.